0: Section four of the Natural History, Volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Natural History, Volume two, by Pliny the Elder, translated by John Bostock and Henry Thomas Riley. Section four. Chapter twenty one. The Nations of India but we come now to nations as to which there is a more general agreement among writers where the chain of emotes rises the nations of india begin which borders not only on the eastern sea but on the southern as well which we have already mentioned as being called the indian ocean that part which faces the east runs in a straight line a distance of eighteen hundred and seventy-five miles until it comes to a bend at which the Indian Ocean begins. Here it takes a turn to the south, and continues to run in that direction a distance of 2,475 miles, according to Eratosthenes, as far as the river Indus, the boundary of India on the west. Many authors have represented the entire length of the Indian coast as being forty days and nights sail, and as being from north to south Two thousand eight hundred and fifty miles. Agrippa states its length to be three thousand three hundred miles, and its breadth two thousand three hundred. Posidonius has given its measurement as lying from northeast to southeast, placing it opposite to Gaul, of which country he has given the measurement as lying from northwest to southwest, making the whole of India to lie due west of Gaul. Hence, as he has shown by undoubted proofs, India lying opposite to Go must be refreshed by the blowing of that wind, and derive its salubrity therefrom. In this region, the appearance of the heavens is totally changed, and quite different is the rising of the stars. There are two summers in the year, and two harvests, while the winter intervenes between them during the time that the Etesian winds are blowing during our winter too they enjoy light breezes and their seas are navigable in this country there are nations and cities which would be found to be quite innumerable if a person should attempt to enumerate them for it has been explored not only by the arms of alexander the great and of the kings who succeeded him by seleucus and antiochus who sailed round even to the caspian and hyrcanian sea and by patrocles the admiral of their fleet, but has been treated of by several other Greek writers who resided at the courts of Indian kings, such, for instance, as Megasthenes, and by Dionysus, who was sent thither by Philadelphus, expressly for the purpose, all of whom have enlarged upon the power and vast resources of these nations. Still, however, there is no possibility of being rigorously exact, so different are the accounts given, and often of a nature so incredible. The followers of Alexander the Great have stated in their writings that there were no less than 5,000 cities in that portion of India which they vanquished by force of arms, not one of which was smaller than that of Kos, that its nations were eight in number, that India forms one-third of the whole earth and that its populations are innumerable, a thing which is certainly far from improbable, seeing that the Indians are nearly the only race of people who have never migrated from their own territories. From the time of Father Liber to that of Alexander the Great, 153 kings of India are reckoned, extending over a period of 6,451 years and 3 months the vast extent of the rivers is quite marvelous. It is stated that on no one day did Alexander the Great sail less than 600 stadia on the Indus, and still was unable to reach its mouth in less than five months and some few days. And yet it is a well-known fact that this river is not so large as the Ganges. Seneca, one of our fellow countrymen, who has written a treatise upon the subject of india has given its rivers as sixty-five in number and its nations as one hundred and eighteen the difficulty too would be quite as great if we were to attempt to enumerate its mountains the chains of emols, of Emodus, of peropenices and of caucasus are all connected the one with the other and from their foot the country of India runs down in the form of a vast plain bearing a very considerable resemblance to that of egypt however that we may come to a better understanding relative to the description of these regions we will follow in the track of alexander the great diognetus and beton whose duty it was to ascertain the distances and length of his expeditions have written that from the caspian gates to hecatompilon the city of the Parthians, the distance is the number of miles which we have already stated, and that from thence to Alexandria, of the Arii, which city was founded by the same king, the distance is 575 miles, from thence to Prothesia, the city of the Drengi, 199, from thence to the city of the Arecosiae, 565, from thence to Ortospanum, one hundred and seventy- five and from thence to the city built by Alexander fifty miles in some copies, however, the numbers are found differently stated, and we find this last city even placed at the very foot of Mount Caucasus, from this place to the river Kofis in Piculylades, a city of India, is two hundred and thirty-seven miles from thence to the river Indus and the city of Taxilla, sixty from thence to the famous river Hydaspes, one hundred and twenty, and from thence to the Hipazes, a river no less famous, two hundred and ninety miles and three hundred and ninety paces. This last was the extreme limit of the expedition of Alexander, though he crossed the river and dedicated certain altars on the opposite side. The dispatches written by order of that king fully agree with the distances above stated the remaining distances beyond the above point were ascertained on the expedition of seleucus Nicator. they are to the river cydris one hundred and sixty eight miles to the river jomanes the same some copies however add to this last distance five miles thence to the ganges one hundred and twelve miles to rhodafa five hundred and sixty nine Though according to some writers this last distance is only three hundred and twenty-five miles to the town of Kalanipaxa, one hundred and sixty-seven, according to some, two hundred and sixty-seven, thence to the confluence of the river Jomanes and Ganges, six hundred and twenty-five. Most writers, however, add thirty miles to this last distance, thence to the city of Pelebothra four hundred and twenty-five, and thence to the mouth of the Ganges, six hundred and thirty-seven miles and a half. The nations whom it may be not altogether inopportune to mention, after passing the Imodian mountains, a cross range of which is called Imos, a word which in the language of the natives signifies snowy, are the Iseri, the koserai the Aizai, and upon the chain of mountains, the Kisiotosegai, with numerous peoples which have the surname of brekmani among whom are the makokalenji there are also the rivers prenus and canas which last flows into the ganges both of them navigable streams the nation of the kelenji comes nearest to the sea and above them are the mendei and the mali in the territory of the last-named people is a mountain called Malis. The boundary of this region is the river Ganges. Chapter 22. The Ganges Some writers have stated that this river, like the Nile, takes its rise from unknown sources, and in a similar manner waters the neighboring territory. Others, again, say that it rises in the mountains of Scythia. They state also that 19 rivers discharge their waters into it, those among them that are navigable, besides the rivers already mentioned, are the Condochades, the Eranoboas, the Cosoegas, and the Sonus. Other writers, again, say that it bursts forth at its very source with a loud noise, hurling itself over rocks and precipices, and that after it has reached the plains, its water becomes more tranquil, and it pauses for a time in a certain lake, after which it flows gently on. They say also that it is eight miles in breadth, where it is the very narrowest, and one hundred stadia, where it is but moderately wide, and that it is nowhere less than twenty paces in depth. The last nation situate on the banks of the Ganges is that of the Gangarides Kalingi, the city where their king dwells has the name of Protalis. This king has sixty thousand foot soldiers, one thousand horse, and seven-hundred elephants, always caparisoned, ready for battle. The people of the more civilized nations of India are divided into several classes. One of these classes tilled the earth, another attends to military affairs, others again are occupied in mercantile pursuits, while the wisest and the most wealthy among them have the management of the affairs of the state, act as judges and give counsel to the king. The fifth class, entirely devoting themselves to the pursuit of wisdom, which in these countries is almost held in the same veneration as religion, always end their life by a voluntary death upon the lighted pile. In addition to these, there is a class, in a half-savage state, and doomed to endless labor by means of their exertions, all the classes previously mentioned are supported. It is their duty to hunt the elephant, and to tame him when captured, for it is by the aid of these animals that they plow. By these animals they are conveyed from place to place. These, in special, they look upon as constituting their flocks and herds. By their aid they wage their wars, and fight in defense of their territories. Strength, age, and size are the points usually considered in making choice of these animals. In the Ganges there is an island of very considerable size, inhabited by a single nation. It is called Modogatenga. Beyond the Ganges are situated the Modube, the Molinde, the Uberi, with a magnificent city of the same name, the Modresai, the Predai, the Kalii, the Sesurai, the Pasale, the Kolobe, the Urumeoli, the Abali, and the Thoti. The King of the Last-named People has fifty thousand foot-soldiers, four thousand horse, and four hundred armed elephants. We next come to a still more powerful nation, the Andare, who dwell in numerous villages as well as thirty cities fortified with walls and towers. They furnish for their King one hundred thousand foot, two thousand horse, and a thousand elephants. The country of the Darde is the most productive of gold, that of the Sete of silver. But more famous and more powerful than any nation, not only in these regions, but throughout almost the whole of India, are the Prasei, who dwell in a city of vast extent and of remarkable opulence, called pali Bothra, from which circumstance some writers have given to the people themselves the name of pali Bothrai, and indeed to the whole tract of country between the Ganges and the Indus. These people keep on daily pay in their king's service an army consisting of 600,000 foot, 30,000 horse, and 9,000 elephants, from which we may easily form a conjecture as to the vast extent of their resources. Behind these people, and lying still more in the interior, are the Monedis and the suerai among whom is a mountain known as Malleus, upon which the shadow falls to the north in winter and to the south in summer, six months alternately. In this district, the constellation of the Great Bear is seen at only one period in the year, and then but for fifteen days, according to what Beaton states. Megasthenes, however, informs us that the same is the case also in many other localities of India. The South Pole is by the Indians called Diamassa, The river Jolmenes runs into the Ganges through the territory of the pali between the cities of Methora and Chrysobora. In the regions which lie to the south of the Ganges, the people are tinted by the heat of the sun, so much so as to be quite colored, but yet not burnt black like the Ethiopians. The nearer they approach the Indus, the deeper their color, a proof of the heat of the climate. After leaving the nation of the Prasii, we immediately come to the Indus. In the mountains of the Prasii, a race of pygmies is said to exist. Artemidorus says that between these two rivers there is a distance of 2,100 miles. Chapter 23. The Indus The Indus, called sindes by the natives, rises in that branch of the Caucasian range, which bears the name of Peropenissus, and runs in an easterly direction, receiving in its course the waters of 19 rivers. The most famous of these are the Hidaspes, into which four other rivers have already discharged themselves, the Cantaba, which receives three other rivers, the assasinus and the Hypassus, which last two are navigable themselves. Still, however, so moderate as it were, do the waters of this river show themselves in their course, that it is never more than fifty stadia in width, nor does it ever exceed fifteen paces in depth. Of two islands, which it forms in its course, the one, which is known as Presiani, is of very considerable size. The other, which is smaller, is called Patali, According to the accounts given by the most moderate writers, this river is navigable for a distance of 1250 miles, and after following the sun's course to the west, in some degree, discharges itself into the ocean. I will here give the distances of various places situate on the coast to the mouth of this river, in a general way, just as I find them stated, although they none of them tally with each other from the mouth of the ganges to the promontory of the kalinjai and the town of dandaguda is 625 miles from thence to chopina 1225 from thence to the promontory of perimula where is held the most celebrated mart in all india 750 and from thence to the city of patala in the island just mentioned 620 miles the mountain-races between the Indus and the Jomanis are the Sessai, the Satriboni, who dwell in the woods, and after them the Megali, whose king possessed five hundred elephants, and an army of horse and foot, the numbers of which are unknown. Then the Chrysae, the Parasangi, and the Esmagi, whose territory is infested by wild tigers. These people keep in arms thirty thousand foot, three hundred elephants and eight hundred horse. They are bounded by the river Indus and encircled by a range of mountains and deserts for a distance of six hundred and twenty-five miles. Below these deserts are the Dari and the Surai, and then deserts again for one hundred and eighty-seven miles, sands in general encircling these spots just as islands are surrounded by the sea. Below these deserts again are the Maltecore, the Sinje, the Morohe, the Rerunge, and the Morontes. These last peoples, who possess the mountains throughout the whole range of country, as far as the shores of the ocean, are free and independent of all kings, and hold numerous cities upon the declivities of the mountains. After them come the Naree, who are bounded by Capitalia, the most lofty of all the Indian peaks. The inhabitants who dwell on the other side of it, have extensive mines of gold and silver. After these again are the Orate, whose king possesses only ten elephants, but a large army of foot. Next come the Suaratarate, who live under the rule of a king as well, but breed no elephants, as they depend solely on the horse and foot. Then the Odombiores, the Arabastri, and the Horake, which last inhabit a fine city fortified by trenches cut in the marshes. It is quite impossible to approach the city except by the bridge, as the water in the trenches is full of crocodiles, an animal most insatiate for human flesh. There is another city also in their territory, which has been greatly extolled, Otomula by name, situate on the seashore, a famous mart lying at the point of confluence of five rivers their king possesses sixteen hundred elephants one hundred and fifty thousand foot and five thousand horse the king of the korme is a less opulent potentate he has only sixty elephants and some small remains of his former strength after these we come to the nation of the Pandey, the only one throughout all india which is ruled by women it is said that hercules had but one child of the female sex for which reason she was his special favorite and he bestowed upon her the principal one of these kingdoms the sovereigns who derive their origin from this female rule over three hundred towns and have an army of one hundred and fifty thousand foot and five hundred elephants after passing through this list of three hundred cities we come to the durenji the posenji the Bute, the Gugarii, the Umbre, the Nerei the Brinkosai, the Nobunde, the Cuconde, the Nesei, the Peletaitae, the Salobriase, and the Olostre, who reach up to the island of Patala, from the extremity of whose shores to the Caspian gates it is a distance of 1925 miles. After passing this island, the other side of the Indus is occupied, as we know by clear and undoubted proofs, by the Ethoe, the Bolingi, the Gelitalute, the Daimurai, the Megarai, the Ardabe, the Mese, and after them, the Urai and the Sile, beyond which last, there are desert tracts, extending a distance of 250 miles. After passing those nations, we come to the Organage, the Aborde, the Bessuwerde, and after these last, deserts, similar to those previously mentioned. We then come to the peoples of the Sorophages, the Arbe, the Marogomatri, the Umbrite, of whom there are twelve nations, each with two cities, and the Assyni, a people who dwell in three cities, their capital being Bucephala, which was founded around the tomb of the horse belonging to King Alexander, which bore that name. Above these peoples there are some mountain tribes, which lie at the foot of Caucasus, the Sociade and the Sondre, and after passing the Indus and going down its stream, the Samarabrae, the Sambrasenai, the Bisambraide, the Orsai, the Enixenai, and the Taxilei, with a famous city, which lies on a low but level plain, the general name of the district being Amenda. There are four nations here, the Peokoleite, the Arsagalite, the Girete, and the Essoae. The greater part of the geographers, in fact, do not look upon India as bounded by the river Indus, but add to it the four satrapies of the Gedrosi, the Aricote, the Arai, and the Peropanisaidae, the river Kofis, thus forming the extreme boundary of India. All these territories, however, according to other writers, are reckoned as belonging to the country of the Eriii. Many writers, too, place in India the city of Nisa and the mountain of Meris sacred to father bacchus in which circumstance originated the story that he sprang from the thigh of jupiter they also place here the nation of the aztecanine whose country abounds in the vine the laurel the box tree and all the fruits which are produced in greece as to those wonderful and almost fabulous stories which are related about the fertility of the soil and the various kinds of fruits and trees, as well as wild beasts and birds and other sorts of animals, they shall be mentioned each in its proper place in a future portion of this work. I shall also very shortly have to make some further mention of the forest satrapies, it being a, it being at present my wish to hasten to a description of the island of Tepperwain. But first there are some other islands of which we must make mention. Patala, as we have already stated, lies at the mouth of the Indus. It is of a triangular figure, and is two hundred and twenty miles in breadth. Beyond the mouth of the Indus are the islands of Chrysi and Argyri, abounding in metals, I believe. But as to what some persons have stated, that their soil consists of gold and silver, I am not so willing to give a ready credence to that. After passing these islands, we come to Crocala. Twenty miles in breadth, and then at twelve miles distance from it, by Braga, abounded in oysters and other shellfish. At eight miles distance from by Braga, you find liba and many others of no note. End of section four.